How about this hat this, this evening? Look at this hat on this man. It's a gangster. Oh, you, can, you can only be from Detroit and get away with that right there, okay? It's Boston, folks. Ain't no way. Ain't no way. How you doing, Jacob? You making sure everything's settled down there, man? You just keep your eyes open, all right? You watch. You got my back. Okay. Man, if you could turn with me today to Matthew 20. We're going to read uh, verse 28 simply as we open, and then I'm going to pray for myself. <laughs> Matthew, the gospel of Matthew, chapter 20, verse 28. Is everybody there? You got your iPads, your iPods, whatever you got, your, your, your small cellular devices there. It's like a mini television screen. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others and to give his life as a ransom for many. Let's bow our heads. Father, we thank you for the word. God, we ask this evening that you would feed us. Lord, I, I pray, God, for just an anointing to rest upon me, God, a clear mind, Lord, a sharp tongue, God, that Lord, your word could pierce the hardest of hearts even today and do its effectful work in our lives. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Amen. I get the privilege of uh, speaking about servanthood today. Um, my wife chose me, and I have to say she made a pretty good choice on this specific topic because I, I think in our community I am almost the, you know, the poster child of, 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 of a servant, you know. Um, so I'm humbled. I'm a bit humbled by this, but yet not surprised. <laughs> not surprised at all. That was a joke. Thank God you're laughing. Okay, some of you are looking at me like, is he for real? No, I'm totally joking. <gasps> okay. Let's just let's, let's bounce the heads a little bit. Let's wake up. Okay, I'm not going to work hard today. I'm not going to work hard. So uh, I want to work together in this, okay? What do I mean by work hard? I'm not going to try that hard for you to like me and to like this message. <laughs> That's what I mean. I'm just going to flow with the Holy Ghost if we can. Amen? Amen. If you would turn just a couple uh, pages over to Matthew 23. We're going to read 12 verses. Don't get concerned. It's only 12 verses. It's okay to laugh in church. Ah, really? Really? There's always one in the bunch, isn't there? Thank you. Thank you, Christina. <laughs> We're off to a good start. Verse 1, Then Jesus said to the crowds and his disciples, The teachers of religious law and Pharisees are the official interpreters, interpreters of the law of Moses. So practice and obey whatever they tell you, but don't follow their example. Wow. Interesting. Don't follow their example for the people. I'm sorry, let me back up. For they don't practice what they teach. They crush people with unbearable religious demands and never lift a finger to ease the burden. I want you to highlight this next verse here, the beginning where it says, everything they do is for show. 
Go ahead, highlight it. If you got an iPad, you can highlight that puppy. If you got just a pen, underline it. Everything they do is for show. Now, your translation might be different than mine. Uh, I'm sorry about that. NLT is the only official, I think, translation of the Gospels. But um, you might want to get one. Uh, ESV, there's, there's, there's room for ESV. But the rest, we just got to. Anyways, if you could, underline everything they do is for show. On their arms, they wear extra-wide prayer boxes with Scripture verses inside of them. Interested? Weird. Okay, but interesting. They wear robes with extra-long tassels. I don't know about that. I don't think that would necessarily fly in today's church, but okay. And they love to sit at the head of the tables at banquets and in the seats of honor in the synagogues. They love to receive respectful greetings as they walk in the marketplace and to be called rabbi. Don't let anyone call you rabbi, for you have only one teacher, and all of you are equal as brothers and sisters. And do not address anyone here on earth as father, for only God in heaven is your spiritual father. And do not let anyone call you teacher, for you have only one teacher, the Messiah. Now, another verse that you, two verses that you can underline if you would so do that is 11 and 12. The greatest among you must be a servant. But those who exalt themselves will be humble, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. Come on, there's some great words from Jesus. You know, verse 5 sticks out to me, the beginning uh, uh the opening statements of verse 5 really stinks out, sticks out to me, stinks out to me. Sticks out to me, yeah, and stinks, but everything they do is for show. What it, really, what, what, everything they do is for show. If you're wondering why I'm stalling, I'm trying to find my place here. It's not because the Lord's on me right now. making sure my notes are right here. My notes, praise God. Now, we open this verse. Here we go. We open this verse with reading Matthew 20, verse 28. And if we were to read Matthew 20, verse 28 in the King James Version, it would read something like this. Even as the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and to give his life as a ransom for many. Now, there's something I think that the translations are really trying to speak to us here. Because remember, in the NLT, the ASV, it says, um, it talks about serving. Uh, for the Son of Man has not come to be served, but to serve, right? But yet, in the KJV, we see that he uses the words ministry. There's some kind of connection here that I think these translations are trying to make. And the, trans- the connection that I believe the translations are trying to make for us is that connection between ministering and serving. Why? Because the act of our ministry is really serving, is it not? I am serving you today. Yeah. I am serving you today by ministering to you. What we did today is we're serving each other. We're serving the presence of the Lord. Ministry is connected to service, is it not? Now, we read in Matthew 23, verses 1 through 12, the acts of these men that Jesus said, listen, do what they teach, but don't follow their example. And really, in my observation, 
of really the criteria that Jesus laid out on why not to follow their example, pretty lame. I'm saying, Jesus, what's wrong? You know, okay, so I'm not going to... I'm not going to walk around with, you know, tassels and, and you know, uh, long arms with boxes with prayer verses in them. Awkward, weird, yes, but it's not going to fly. But really, Jesus, what, what, you know, is this all you have against this group of people? Is this all you have? I'm not, I'm not convinced that this is what you're really trying to lay out to us, Jesus. What are you showing us? And just by studying this, I find that, or I found, I should say, that Jesus is trying to say here, everything they do is for show. It's not necessarily what they're doing, but they're doing it to be seen, right? We know this. Jesus spent many times throughout the Gospels talking about uh, the heart posture, uh, if you would, or the attitude or whatever, the, the appearance of just wanting to be seen, wanting to serve, wanting to do things just to be noticed. And wasn't that the downfall of some of these Pharisees? Everything they do is for show. Let's turn over to uh, Mark, if you would. I know it's a lot of scripture. I'm going to try not to bore you too much. Um, and I'm, let me find it here. Yes. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Good Lord, help me. There's something wrong with, uh, let's go to Mark 9, I think it is. For some reason, I can't, yep, Mark chapter 9, I believe. Hold with me. Um, for some reason, I cannot find it in my notes. It's a little embarrassing. It's a little embarrassing. Oh, Lord. Yeah, you can cut this with a knife right now. This awkwardness right now with a knife. It's that thick. Oh, my Lord. I'm sorry, guys. Okay. Where are you, Mark? Okay. Hold on. Just bear with me, guys. Maybe we should talk to one another again and get to know one another. <laughs> okay. Let's. I'm sorry. Matthew 6. Whew, thank you, Jesus. I think I just sweated a gallon. Okay. Matthew 6, 1 through 6. Watch out, don't do your good deeds publicly. To be admired by others, for you will lose the reward from your Father in heaven when you give to someone in need. Don't do as the hypocrites do, blowing trumpets in synagogues and streets to call the attention of their acts of charity. I tell you the truth, they have received all the reward they will ever get. But when you give to someone in need, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. Give your gifts in private, and your Father who sees everything will what? Reward you. Come on. So here, a lot of the gospel, when Jesus specifically targeted um, some of the acts and some of the attitudes of the Pharisees, the underlying or the major theme that Jesus would go after is their desire to be seen. Everything they did was for some kind of attitude of saying, look at me. Ain't I great? Isn't this great? Isn't my charity great? 
isn't me walking around with these robes. Now, listen, I get it. I like to be respected as a pastor. I like to be respected as a full-time minister. But it's not like where my vocation is. It's, it's not, listen, I'm not going to get bent out, of the shape, bent out of shape if I can't sit at the head of your table when I come over for dinner. It, it just ain't going to happen. And I sure as heck ain't going to walk around with prayer verses in a box and just passing them out to try to encourage people. Not necessarily bad, but if I'm doing those things just to show you and show others how holy or how noble I am, man, I'm missing it, ain't I? And it's funny that in Matthew 23, Jesus puts this issue and really closes his remarks with the statement says, the greatest among you must be a servant. You know, the problem is with the Pharisees is they wanted to be great. And they wanted others to know just how great they were. And they are. It was all about their position. It was all about who they are, and what they do. And Jesus says, no, 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 no. If you want to be great, you have to serve. You have to humble yourself and be the lowest among the lowly. Thank you, John. All right, we're going to get out of this mud track here that we're in. Turn with me real quick to Matthew 20. Matthew 20, verse 20. Through 28. Matthew 20. 20 through 28. Then, man, wind keeps on blowing my pages. Then the mother of James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came to Jesus with her sons. She knelt respectfully to ask a favor. What is your request? Jesus asked. She replied, In your kingdom, please let my two sons sit in the places of honor, one at your left and one at your right. Wow. Go, mom. But Jesus answered, saying to them, You don't know what you are asking. Are you able to drink from the bitter cup of suffering I'm about to drink? Oh, yes, they replied, We are able. Jesus told them, You will indeed drink from my bitter cup, but I have no right to say who will sit on my right and on my left. My Father has prepared those places for the ones he has chosen. Verse 24, when the ten other disciples heard what James and John had asked, they became what? Indignant. They became angry. But Jesus, what did Jesus do? He, he called them together. He used it as a time for teaching. And this is what he says. You know that the rulers in this world lord it over their people, and the officials flaunt their authority over those under them. But among you it will be different. Somebody say, among you. Say it again. Among you, it will be different. Yeah. Whoever wants to be a leader among you must be what? Must be what? Man, I'll try this side. Dead up in here. Whoever wants to be a leader among you must be a what? 
All right, all right. Say it again. A what? Woo! I just want to check if you're alive. Let's try this side. Whoever wants to be a leader among you must be a what? Whoever wants to be a leader among you must be a servant. And whoever wants to be the first among you must become your slave. Woo. Eve, for even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others and to give his life for a ransom for many. So here we have this woman, the mother of James and John, the disciples, coming to Jesus and saying, Hey, Jesus... I got a request. I want to know, can my boys sit next to you in your kingdom? What? Now, a lot of things come to mind here. Three things, actually. Three things come to mind. John and James are mama's boy, are mama's boys. Seriously, could you imagine? Mom, mom, could you, could you go and, and ask Jesus? Just, I, listen, we don't want to get the other disciples mad. We might, you know lead you and could you go and ask Jesus if we can in his kingdom and in his rule and reign if we could sit at the place of honor and really be identified with Jesus mom could you ask I want to be Jesus's VP I want to be the secretary of defense for Jesus's new kingdom mom come on James and John are mama's boys putting their poor little mother up to the task of asking Jesus if her boys can sit at the place of honor. Two, the thought comes to mind that this is somewhat of a bold request. I don't know. I'm thinking I'm Jesus. It might not be every day that somebody's asking to come sit next to me on the left and right in my kingdom as I establish it. It, it just, it may not be something that happens all the time, but she's got some boldness. She's got some boldness. And three, that's just straight up awkward. Just straight up weird. She's like that real awkward soccer mom who wants their child to star uh, in the leading role of the school play, knowing fully well that her son blows at acting. You know what I'm talking about. You, probably, you might be one of those kids. <laughs> hey, I, I, I ain't too proud to beg. I'd probably do that for my son. I'm like, Coach, my son, your son's not that good. <laughs> yeah, he is. Come on. <laughs> Come on. Let him show you. We already know. But you know what I mean. You know, another thing to note here is that they didn't even have them. They, they were thinking, the disciples, actually, in verse 24, when it says the disciples became indignant, they became angry at um, John and James' request to Jesus. They, they, listen, they weren't even thinking about a heavenly kingdom. They thought Jesus was coming to overturn the current government, the current structure, the current uh, 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 kingdom that was already established, an earthly one. So here they are, even more so. They're not thinking that Jesus is going to rule and reign in heaven. They're saying, hey, we're getting kind of confused a little bit. Hey, we, we want to rule with you, God. We want to be identified. We want to have 
a place, a position in your new kingdom. Your earthly kingdom, Jesus, because we know the Old Testament speaks of it, and we're just waiting for the day for you to come and eradicate or take care of this current structure. They didn't even have a right understanding that Jesus was in no way interested in turning over this current government system and establishing his own kingdom. That wasn't even on his grid. But what does Jesus do? He uses this time not to rebuke them, not to get angry as probably I would, but to use it as a time for teaching. And it's remarkable because in both instances, we know that when the disciples came from the desert, weren't they all fighting in there over and talking about, hey, who's the greatest? Hey, you know, I'm the greatest, of course. You know, we have conversations like that. And of course, I am the greatest here. But, but again, the, the, um, the disciples are having this conversation and they're like, you know, who knows? The, the scripture really doesn't let into that conversation. But Jesus knows what's up. He knows these boys are again fighting over who is the greatest. And both times, at this point, I probably would have got a rock or a stick and started beating. None of you are great. Matter of fact, you all stay, you're all fired. I'm going to go find new disciples. But no, Jesus uses both times to teach. He doesn't get angry. He doesn't sit back, of course, he doesn't sit back and say, of course, guys, I'm the greatest, I'm the son of God, (laughs) you know, if you want to be honest. But you understand, he uses the time to teach, and this is what he says. You know that rulers in this world, this is uh, verse, the second half of verse 25, you know that the rulers in this world lord it over their people, and the officials flaunt their authority over those who are under them. So Jesus is saying, guys, currently, this is what you know. Currently, guys, this is why you're acting the way you're acting. You want position, and this is why you want position, because this is all you know. Currently, you've seen that leaders are authority rules, and and they rule over people who are under them. That's all you know. But he says, but let, but let, me, let me tell you, amongst you, it's going to be different because I represent a different kingdom. I re- represent a different way of doing things. So you've seen it this way, but, oh, with me, it's totally different. Do you get that? Do you see that? Not with me, but Jesus, sorry. I see Christina laughing. So he shows them first. He says, this is your observation. This is currently what you know, but this is what my kingdom's about. And this is what Jesus goes and says. He goes, but among you again, it will be different. Whoever wants to be a leader among you must be your servant. What what leader, what king do you know? Could you imagine Barack Obama serving me? What leader, could you imagine any, any great leader in, in, uh, in today, in the world, being ser- or serving uh, um, uh, uh, just regular, regular people of, of that country or that nation? Could you imagine that? If Barack Obama came in today and he just started passing out cold water to all of us and some crumpets. So, gee, the, the, I, I want to say that because we need to know the drastic uh, um, really, this, the total countercultural uh, um, remark of what Jesus said here. You've, listen, but isn't government supposed to be a service for the people? Not necessarily the way it is today. 
But honestly, Jesus comes with this radical, listen, if you want to be a leader, if you want to be great, you got to be a servant. What? What? I mean, now, I don't want to pat myself on the back like I did earlier, but, man, I get up in there and I serve. I don't just talk about serving. I don't just say serving is a good idea and you should do it. I get in there and I sweat. I lift up. I lift. I, lift, I will go the distance. I'm in there. And it's not just because uh, I'm, I'm, I'm overseeing this church. I would do it. I used to do that in youth ministry where I had no position. So what I'm saying is we want to lead by example. I'm not like the Pharisees. You can follow my example. Do ye likewise, if you would. But you know what? I have to be very careful that I'm not doing it just to be seen. Of course, there's an element if I'm like, I want to spark some fire into Jonathan's, never mind. You know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be an example. If I want Jonathan to do something, I don't want to just talk to Jonathan about what he, I think he should do. I want to give an example to Jonathan of how he should follow me first. And then I want to talk to him about what he should do. I want to be an example but I have to be careful not to do it for show. Have you, you know, I've been part of church for a long time. I've been able to serve a lot of ministries and, 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 and stuff of that nature. But have you ever met that guy who, or that girl who you know is doing everything? She, she's like the teacher's pet. Just look, it, it, like a, you could put a, you just should put a bullseye on their back because everything they do is for a selfish motive or selfish gain. They have something else in mind. Man, there was this one kid when I first gave my heart to Jesus, and I was, uh, the Lord started um, bringing me into and molding my calling and really showing me how he wanted to use me and stuff like this. There was this one dude in youth ministry, man. I could, I, I won't use his name. His name, I won't use his name, Derek, but... It, <laughs> Man, this kid, man, he was like, he was always trying to outshine me. And the fact of the matter, I wasn't trying to shine. I just wanted to serve. Jesus had touched my life. I was so profoundly moved by what Jesus did in my heart. Everything, I want to be around Jesus. If I have to pick up the speakers, at least I'm around Jesus. Because that's what it was like to me. Because this community was used to lead me to Jesus. But this dude, man, he, he just, I started getting some wind. I didn't even know what it was. People started liking me, listening to me, loving me, and, and, and I guess I just took his flame. But you know what he started to do? He started to try to outshine me for, for wrong reasons, as if it would get him somewhere that he thought I was trying to get myself. And I wasn't. I just so loved Jesus, I so loved the church, and I so wanted to be available to help in any way, because I thought this is the least I can do for all that he's done for me. But you ever met, met, uh, meet sister so-and-so and brother so-and-so, where everything they do is to be seen, in the hopes to get somewhere? You know, I find that those with a true heart 
a, a, a true servant's heart, they progress the fastest in the church. They don't need any help because, honestly, they're not doing things to be seen. I see it here in our community. We got, we got a couple dudes, man, you guys are awesome. And I know that your service is not to be seen. You generally, genuinely love what God is doing here, and you want to be a part. There's no, there's no uh, uh, guile on you at all. And that's the way it should be. And that's what Jesus is saying here. Listen, don't put the, court, uh, the cart before the horse. Learn to serve. If you want to be great, learn to serve. Oh. But here is James and John's mom. You know, the problem, the thing is, is that Jesus was right. They, they did drink from the bitter cup of suffering that Jesus did. We know that um, James was the first martyr in Acts uh, chapter, I believe it's Acts chapter 12, verse 2. It's the first uh, apostle to be martyred in the New Testament. John, we know that he spent many years in exile on the island of uh, Patmos and, and that he um, was persecuted for his faith. So they most surely, not in a redemptive sense, not in the same way that Jesus did, but they certainly did drink from the bitter cup of suffering. And you know, in verse 24, here's just a little interesting side note. When, when verse 24 says, when the uh, 10 other disciples heard that James and John had asked, uh, they were, had, what they had asked, they were indignant, but Jesus called them together. They weren't angry because uh, they couldn't believe the ignorance of, of these two disciples. They were angry because they, too, wanted a place. They wanted a position in Jesus' kingdom that he would establish. Isn't that remarkable? That they're not sitting back and saying, I can't believe the, the rude, the, uh, how dare you? But they're sitting back and saying, man, why didn't I think of that? Why didn't I put my mom up to that? But isn't that the way it is in church? I, I know, I know. That, it's not us, right? That's not, that's not the way we roll. I understand that there's two classes of people here. There's people who, um, who really want to give their all and serve, not to be seen, but just because they see a need, and that there's people who just generally don't want to do anything. And I, I can't help but just these couple of texts see that Jesus emphasizes service, he, serving. And, and there's many outlets. I know what you're saying. Well, you're kind of using this scripture to, to highlight serving in your church. Yeah. Yeah, I am. We need your help. We don't need the same guys, the same girls showing up every Sunday to set up sound for us all to enjoy a service that only a couple people are kicking in on. But more so than that, we want to be a community of servants. It's, it's, listen, I, I'm glad the committed guys that I have showing up and the committed girls I have showing up every Sunday. But there's still a, 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 a certain amount of like, man, I wish others would get plugged in. I wish others would. 
Because it's more than just us coming and serving men. There's great fellowship that happens here. We have great times, I think. Maybe I'm speaking for myself. Other than lifting all the heavy stuff, it's not that bad. But we have great communion, great fellowship. And I really look at it as a point of connection. I love having fun, sarcastic fun, loving fun, picking on John's hat. It's great. No, that hat is cool, man. So Jesus says, if you want to be great, how many want to be great? Hey, I'm going to unashamedly raise my hand. I want to be great. Amen. (laughs) Phones are talking to us now. Man, I'd encourage you. Listen, a while back, short little testimony, then I'll close. I know what you're saying. Thank you, Jesus. Short little testimony. There was a time uh, around 21, I think I was, when I was serving a church, and I reference this story a lot, but there's many things that I've learned through this time when I was at part of this church um, in Brentwood, New Hampshire. And my head, my ego was coming, uh, becoming so big and such a problem in my life. And, um, and it was really um, keeping me back from helping and serving some of the needs of this church that I knew God was asking me to do. I, he, was, he was asking me. I felt it. I felt it in services. I felt it when I was just home and praying. I should really be giving more, not financially, but just giving in my time. I have gifts. I should be lending to the kingdom of God and, and helping, serving. And I knew I wasn't because I really thought that I was too good. Yeah? I thought I was too good. And I remember all the while, Jesus speaking kindly and softly to my heart saying, Daryl, I want you to serve this man's vision. I didn't have any grid for it. I'm like, serve this man's vision? I mean, nobody was teaching about it. It's not like I heard Bill Johnson, you know, share his words of wisdom. I just felt all the time as I was praying for this church, Daryl, I want you to serve this man's vision. And, you know, for the longest time, I never did. I never did. Because, again, I thought I was too good. Whatever it was, pride arrogance, haughtiness, whatever it is, I just stayed away from it and never, ever poured in. But eventually, luckily, the Lord got a hold of my heart. And it wasn't necessarily the easiest thing to do because there was a lot of tension relationally in this church that we were experiencing at the time. So it wasn't like it made sense. I mean, luckily for me, if God says, Christian, I want you to serve Daryl's vision, we have no odd against each other. I mean, I've, I didn't yell at you or tear you down, but that kind of tension was at this church, so that made it harder. But I remember just yielding to the Lord and giving in, saying, Lord, I no longer want to fight this because of pride. And I began to serve this man's vision as best as I could, 21 years old, as best as I could. I started playing the drums for the worship team, And the worship team was terrible. But you know what? Every Sunday, every Wednesday for practice, we're doing doing these songs that, wow, they're just interesting. Anyways, but, you know, I did it good and faithful. And I did it without complaining. Why? Because the Lord said, Daryl, I want you to serve this man's vision. And I really think, actually, I believe, I'm convinced That it's because of that season that I actually manned up and decided to serve somebody's vision other than myself 
that that's why. I'm not at a great plateau. I don't have an awesome ministry, but God's pretty good. He's taking care of us, and this is pretty cool. I like it, and I think we're going full steam ahead into the things of God. But I really think I have now what I have because the yes in my heart and the yes in my spirit to say, I will serve. It wasn't always easy. I probably swore in my car driving home sometimes because I was absolutely rebellious at the time. I probably spoke all manner of evil against the leadership. But you know what? And I'm, Luckily, my experience will not be yours, but luckily I held two. And when I needed to be corrected, I allowed the Holy Spirit to correct me. But I served that man's vision. I was a great worship leader at the time. And you know what? That man didn't have an interest to put me in a, a leadership role in worship. So here I am. I, have a, I, I think, I have a cool gift. I got this good voice. I don't know if you've heard it, Pastor, but I got this great voice. Maybe you want to use it, you know? No, Daryl? No, I don't want you to use it. I want you to play the drums. Okay, I can do that too. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? Sometimes we just got to serve. Let's bow our heads.